Okay, but are you hearing this? What is that? That's my fucking cat. <laughs> Your cat's in heat right now. <laughs> no, he's just, he's almost 16 years old. And oh. every now and then he just gets a little dotty. He just stands in the middle of the house and goes, hello? Hello? Oh, is that is that Dragon? That's Dragon. Holy shit. Yeah. Aww. Anyway. I think he's fine now. I think he heard me talking shit and he's like, bitch, and he stopped. Yeah, you're gonna, um, you're gonna suffer for that shit later. Hey, Heather, I'm going to show you a link really quick so you don't forget about oh, it. So I don't forget about it. Okay, okay. It's okay. Star Wars related. Where is it going? Uh, to Messenger. To Messenger. I go and I click on it. Star Wars featured contents, shopping Disney. Shipment number three, Droid Depot has arrived from Batu. These are definitely the droids you're looking for. Okay. Yeah, look, uh, uh, you can download... Uh, uh, there's uh, the, there's free downloads on there. You can download your own postcard uh, and some really cute droid pictures. So you may want that. Oh. Yeah. Okay, can, this is really cute. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Okay, well, we've derailed the entire podcast while I click through this. Oh my god, there's like a little BB-8 headband. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. This is why. Shop I, now. Don't mind if I do. I, I realize that like I have a lot more cash in my savings account than I normally do, and that's because when I go to Disneyland, I spend all my money <laughs> on all of the shit. Like I have, I have multiple Sith wayfinders, uh, holocrons. I have lightsabers. Aww. It's out of control. Out of control. I I don't know, man. It sounds to me like you're living your best life, and I'm deeply jealous of it. Droid Depot personality chips. What do you do with those? I don't. What is that? Why is it purple? What does it mean? <laughs> what? <laughs> the Droid Depot Astromech Personality Chip. Smuggler Purple Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Oh. Unlock the unique sounds and behavior of a droid with smuggler affiliation. When you plug this purple chip into your R-Series or BB-Series customizable yeah. Astromech droid, you can get a droid? So you're... Yo, oh yeah, of course. You uh, your, droid. your droids. Your droids can have one of three different personalities. A resistance droid, <clears throat> a first order droid, and a scoundrel droid, basically, or a smuggler droid. Uh, and if you keep your droid on and you carry him in your little backpack thingy, uh, that droid will react to certain things in Batu in a certain way. What? Like if it's a, if it's a first, if you have a first order droid and Kylo Ren walks up to you, uh, the droid gets very excited. Um, if it's a resistance droid, it will make like some really nasty sounds. Like it's, if it's the same, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck you noises. Yeah. By the oh way, we're God. talking about droids. We're going to be talking about droids a lot, aren't we? Okay, but they've got a Hondo Onaka Funko Pop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love Hondo. You should what? not have sent me this link. <laughs> I oh, should I'm supposed have. to record a podcast right now. <laughs> Speaking of which, when are we going to get to talk about Hondo? Because I don't know when he shows up in Clone Wars. That's season. very soon. That's very okay. soon. Okay. Like, But we, have, we got some shit to slog through first. Okay. Speaking of shit to slog through. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back to Dark Side Divas, the podcast where a woman and a gay man uh, express their opinions. And I really want to stress that, particularly with this episode. These are just our opinions. We're just expressing our opinions, our thoughts, and our feelings, and our thoughts on our feelings about 
Star Wars. Okay. Feelings. Uh, my name is Steph. Feelings. Nothing more ah. than feelings. We have feelings. Don't act like you don't, bitch. You have feelings. Anyway, my name is Stephanie. I'm the woman half of the show, and I have feelings. Hi, I'm Chris. I'm that gay man. And Stephanie, uh, two mm. units of a dime a dozen. <laughs> <laughs> are they, though? Are oh, they? No, they're not. No, oh. they're not. Obi-Wan, no, they are not. You okay. dumb asshole. Anyway. We okay, are going to... Oh, I do not blame any of the characters in these episodes for a word they say, and we will get into it. Mm-hmm. First of all, what we're doing, just in case you are just tuning in with us, and I'm sorry, and I encourage you to go back and listen to other episodes where we liked things more. Um, <laughs> what we're doing is watching Star Wars, the entire Star Wars visual media library in chronological order, which means that today, in the logical procession of time, we are talking about season one, episode six, Downfall of a Droid, and episode seven, Duel of the Droids. Dun, dun, dun. Bum, 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 bum. So, um, I mean, let's just go through it episode by episode, yeah? Yep. Okay. Uh, so, episode six, Downfall of a Droid, the Jedi fortune cookie at the top of the show is trust in your friends and they'll have reason to trust in you. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's some deep shit right there. Anyway, do you have the announcer bit? Yeah, so before I, I jump into this, uh, the way the reason I'm going to read it the way I am going to read it is going to be my general commentary on these ne- these two episodes, and we'll get into it, but uh, <laughs> just to prepare you, Stephanie, it may not be mm-hmm. as exciting as it was before. Okay, okay. I, okay. I await this with bated breath. Yes. After suffering a series of disastrous <laughs> defeats at the hands of General Grievous, the Republic's foothold in the Outer Rim is in jeopardy. Commission to protect the strategic world of Bothawai? Bothawai. Isn't this supposed to be Bothanawai? Or am I thinking of something else? Anyway, uh, Anakin Skywalker and his wary battle group are all that stands between the system and domination by the droid army. I love it when you when you channel your inner Elcor <laughs> to do these things. That was awesome. <laughs> With resignation. I know. I, I, I have a dream of cosplaying an Elcor, but it has to be like A, in a place that uh, is very cold, because that's going to be some heavy costume. That's going to be a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's going to be like a whole Jim Henson Muppet Factory moment. Yeah, to try exactly. And, that and B, I need to not have a job, because it's going to take me forever to put that costume together. Forever. Okay, so before who, before we even get into this episode... Uh, this is the first time, and we, we've we've done a lot of Star Wars media. We've gone through several Clone Wars episodes. Um, this is the first time I have looked up who the writer was, because I needed to know who to blame. <laughs> so the this writer is- for this episode is a man named George Christich. Now, um, George Christich... Uh, this is his only solo writing credit for Clone Wars. He does have other episodes that he writes for, but he's part of a team. Um, and thank God. So mostly wow. his other writing credits are like episodes of Transformers and stuff like that. And it is, uh, tell me, do, do you agree or not? You, or whatever. The dialogue is particularly clunky. Yeah. I mean, they're, so. This was the first episode where it felt like I was watching a pilot. Right. You know? 
It was rough. Both of these episodes were pretty rough, but this one in particular. And it turns out this episode, uh, Downfall of a Droid, was the only the second episode they ever produced for Clone mm-hmm. Wars. And like it shows. Yeah, I mean it 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 the the reason why I read the uh intro the way I did was because that's how he, he sounded. He sounded bored. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't exciting at all. And the, the, I got really angry at the very early uh, part of the episode because I know this is a weird thing to harp on, y'all. I know. I, I hear it. I, I know. But it is what it is. Uh, the music that they were using was a, was a direct ripoff of, like, I, I forget the name of the composition. Like, it's based on a classical piece that then got reused yeah. later in the 80s by, mm-hmm. like, several fantasy movies, you know? Yeah. And it just... Uh, no. The music in this whole episode was just fucking whack. Yeah. Like, there's not another word for it. Like, it was, it was classical piece at the beginning, and then there were moments where it would come in with, like, a club beat, and I was, I was having, like, some serious voice seller flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Like, but, you know, oh, oh, and there's one point they have a fight scene with some, uh, IG assassin droids, and the music, I swear to God, is like, an ice ice baby version ripoff of <laughs> of the blood rave music from the beginning of Blade. You know wow. how Vanilla Ice would always defend the ice ice baby beat that it's not a ripoff of Under Pressure because it changes one little tiny beat. That's what this felt like. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. For you, so shit. for you, uh, so for you kids out there, you may not know this, but in the nineties, there used to be this uh, uh, television show called Behind the Music. <laughs> and in one of the uh one of the key memorable scenes was the vanilla ice uh episode mm-hmm. where vanilla mm-hmm. ice is being interviewed and he's like ding 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 that's the way theirs goes ours goes ding 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 that little bitty change it's not the same yeah and you're like no i know are you on fucking crack and then the next scene it's like and then he develops a crack addiction you're like oh okay (laughs) (laughs) and then he performed at a trump rally anyway yeah uh it was uh, the music is bad the production value of the entire episode is not on par with even the other shit in season one like it's this episode is rough. And now I will reiterate what I said in last episode, which is even a bad Clone Wars episode is still a good piece of Star Wars. Agreed. Like, it's like pizza. Even bad pizza is still pretty good. Yeah. Like, so this episode is like the Totino's party pizza of Star Wars. Like, it's shitty pizza. We don't know what's in the meat. I couldn't even tell you if that's cheese, but it's tasty. I guess. <laughs> I'm going to regret it in like a half an hour when the acid reflux kicks in. But like, I can't say I didn't enjoy parts of it. What? It's like lava. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So this fucking episode. Okay. That we get, we, can we, can we agree then that this is not our favorite episode of Clone Wars? Uh, yeah, th- these are not my favorite episodes, uh, no. and, you know, poo-poo on the production quality, so. Now, yeah, uh, it, it, in fairness, in fairness to them, uh, I think it was Dave Filoni, a Dave Filoni interview, uh, from a long, long time ago talking about this. One of the challenges with a lot of doing these episodes is that, you know, though, it takes so long to just make one, and in that, in that time, especially, like, the mid-2000s, there were huge technology jumps, uh, you know, especially with graphic rendering and digital digital effects and stuff like that. So they would be working on one episode, and then all of a sudden, 
all the all this new shit would come out, and they would start making other episodes using the newer shit. So that's why you have like in like season one and season two, some episodes that look like shit, and some that don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the it sounds like the technology was sort of evolving and advancing even while they were in production. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that it makes sense. Like, I understand why this episode is the way that it is, but it remains that it is the way that it is, and we're going to talk about that. Oh, we sure are. (laughs) All right, so let's... I don't... I really, especially for this episode, do not want to just step by step through the episode, and we've got two to get through. So um, let's just go through, like, some bullet points. Okay. Uh, So the Anakin uh, Skywalker red flag counter, you got anything? I mean, Maybe. Uh, so Maybe. if we if I have anything, we're going to go step by step through the episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. OK, so the basic premise of of this episode is Anakin has got his fleet. They are the only Republic presence that remains in Bothan space. The Jedi Council's like, get the fuck out and regroup. And Anakin's like, no, punchy the hand. No, I will stay <laughs> here. We're not going to give up the space. That's my first red flag. Of course. Is that he refuses to leave. Mm-hmm. And I almost want to start pairing these up with like red flags for the Jedi Council too. Like the Jedi Council is now complicit because they didn't say, "Boy, get your ass back here." I know. They just let him stay. Well, it's that it's that they have that pacifist mentality, right? Because mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, getting the the longer in, the deeper into these episodes I got, the more I was like, Obi Wan Kenobi, you're a fucking awful human being. Because Anakin, well, uh, Anakin, uh, clearly, we've already identified he has mental health issues at a minimum. Mm -hmm. And he's a very powerful force user. What a fantastic combination. And he's clearly demonstrated that he needs counseling. He's not Mm -hmm. sleeping. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then Obi, and then he starts to flip out. uh, Well, you know, we're getting a little bit beyond what we're talking about now. Go ahead. But. You know, eventually this mission doesn't work out and R2-D2 is stolen, taken away from him. And it becomes a thing. Yeah, because R2-D2 is his apparently very necessary emotional support droid. Which it is my, he is mine too. (laughs) Yeah, well, he loses his shit. He does. And he he goes out and his fighter gets blown up and R2 is missing and oops, like he fucking loses it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, but I would like to, again, sort of blanket absolve all the characters for any shit they say in these two episodes, because I feel like the writers did them dirty. Because, like, Obi-Wan, since we're on Obi-Wan's case here, Obi-Wan is a huge dick about the loss of R2. He's like, ugh, astromech toys are a dime a dozen. Calm the fuck down, Anakin, and go home. Which doesn't make any sense, because... uh Obi-Wan Kenobi was on the ship that was fleeing Naboo when R2-D2 was the only person who saved the lives of everybody on board. Yep, yep. He has been with R2-D2 in some form or another since the Phantom Menace. So at this point, it's been, what, over a decade? Yeah, I mean, Obi-Wan should know better than anybody that R2 is very important to Anakin. And yeah. I, I'm sure Obi-Wan has already identified that Anakin has attachment issues and letting go issues. I mean, after all, let's uh, speaking of Phantom Menace, R2 was with Anakin when Anakin did technically his first mission, <laughs> which, right. was blowing up, yeah. which was blowing up the Trade Federation ship. 
So Right, exactly. Like R2-D2 is the first friend that Anakin made after mm-hmm. leaving his mom behind on Tatooine. So, yeah. Anakin's got, like, if you wanted to prevent him from developing attachment, take his fucking droid away ten years ago. Yeah. But he didn't. And Obi-Wan gives, like, at other, we'll see later on in better written parts of Star Wars, Obi-Wan gives Anakin some shit about, <clears throat> about how much he loves R2-D2, but he never devalues R2-D2. Yeah. And yet, in this episode, he's just like, eh, fuck that droid, let's go. What? Anakin has to play the card of, oh, by the way, I have never erased this droid's memory. He has all of the records of all of our intel, of all of our military encounters and movements on board. And then now, suddenly, he's important and we have to we have to catch him. Like, what the fuck? What mm-hmm. the fuck? <sighs> yeah, so it's... It, it, this was bizarre. Like, overall, the, these two episodes were bizarre. Um, yeah, and this for, they were and, departures from from what we know of the series, I feel. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, uh, they, they, they try to be clever with Grievous and trick him, which, you know. But you know what? You know fucking what? Can we talk yeah. about this plan of Anakin's, please? Sure, let's do it. This fucking plan. Okay. So Anakin has his fleet. He's got the Resolute and his two escort ships, his three Venator-class ships, parked in between Bothawai and the rings around Bothawai. He's hiding behind a little asteroid ring. Okay. And this is his strategic position. Grievous approaches. And Grievous is like, I could go around the ring, but uh, ha-ha-ha, that is what he clearly expects me to do. Instead, I will go through the asteroid field and approach him that way. Gee, who, who likes to do that? Hmm. Right? But, like, Anakin's whole plan hinged on Grievous approaching from that angle through that asteroid field at precisely that point. So he had to hope that Grievous didn't go around the field, that he went through it. And he had to hope that Grievous would, on going through the field, put all of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s power on all of the ships and his entire fleet on full forward, so that would leave the sides and the back exposed. And he had to hope that the little asteroid rocks that he had Rex and all of his ATTEs parked on out in the asteroid would rotate at exactly the right time, so they would be able to shoot these ships from behind, because that only without S.H.I.E.L.D.'s... Would Walker guns have any hope of being able to take down an entire goddamn starship like they did? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's the problem? So, oh, okay, <laughs> you're cool with all of that. <laughs> like, I mean, unless I you're saying that he used the Force, wave your hand, well, you know, we, then we there's no up, fucking we, way. We do tend to wave off some of these plot holes because of the Force, because the fact is that we are dealing with people who have capability—they're capable of seeing the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can concede that with Anakin, but then also towards the tail end of this episode and into the next episode, we see that Grievous has a plan that is exactly as insane. glued together with plot necessity as this one. Yeah. Like the only reason these plans work is because the plot needs them to work. There's no reason logistically within the story that they should. Other than the force, Grievous doesn't have the fucking force. So how'd he pull it off? I, he's really smart? No, baby, he is not. <laughs> that is simply untrue, and you know it. <laughs> Shut up, I love him. I, you know, 
Look, I love, but this is, again, this is where I feel the need to absolve everybody in this, these episodes for, for this bullshit, except for Anakin and his red flags. Because <laughs> damn, those were totally in character and on point. But like the, the, the plan works because it needs to, not because it's a good plan. Right, right. No, it, 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 for the story to work, somehow, all these really ridiculous things have to occur. I get it. I get it. But I did enjoy seeing the ATTEs. I did like that sort of like, gotcha, ambush, with my favorite walkers in all of Star Wars, up on an uh, asteroid, like pew pew. That was awesome. Yeah, that and was that was cool. Yeah, it was. And it was, ugh. okay. So Anakin uh, does what Darth Vader does, and he flies out there and fights them solo. And uh, that's where he loses R2. Uh, and that's also where Grievous runs away again. Well, that's what he does. Yeah, I, he's worse than fucking Jimmy. Than uh, Bail Organa. That's his actual name. <laughs> <laughs> like you're tr- My friend Jimmy. Jimmy Smith, you know. <laughs> that guy. And his cheekbones. You know what I'm saying. Um, but he did. This is the second time that he jumps in Soulless One and runs away from his fleet as it explodes. But he's a villain. Villains are allowed to run away like bitches. It's okay. I don't even know. Okay, okay, okay. So, so uh, go so ahead. the part the part where they're discussing how they forgot to erase R 2s memory, right? Uh, that was never a discussion point, like ever until now. <laughs> right? There's never been like an established pattern of erasing droid memories after every uh, military encounter or anything like that. Like it's not a thing. Yeah. Until it became a thing here, and it gets. Like that's a that's a part of R two story. I don't think a lot of people really realize is that that little droid has so much information in him, especially mm-hmm. by the time you get to the sequel trilogy, because it's like that motherfucker's seen it all. Yeah, he has not had his memory wiped since the Phantom Menace. He has seen all of this unfold, all of it, mm-hmm. and all he can do is beep boop a bunch of fucking cuss words at people about it because goddamn. <laughs> Watch your language. We're in a sacred temple. <laughs> <laughs> so glad they finally referenced that. Uh, but we'll get to that later. So, um, so l- let's 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 talk about astromech droids. Okay. I, I did a little research. Astromech droids, particularly the R series of which R two is a part, um, they are produced by Industrial Automaton. Mm-hmm. They average a little over three feet tall and about seventy pounds, and they are the Swiss Army knife of the galaxy far, far away. Astromech droids make the galaxy go round. They fucking run this shit. And we see that over the course of these episodes. Um, they repair everything. They can pilot ships. They plot hyperspace jumps. They lock doors. They unlock doors. They talk to ships. They fix everything. They, uh, they send communications. They block communications. Astromech droids do whatever you need a droid to do in the moment. Uh-huh. That's just what they're for. R2 units are particularly common. They're great. They're reliable. They're like the Nokia cell phones of droids. Oh, crap. But, uh, the, uh, how, do I, how do I modern that reference up? They're like the iPhone, I think everybody uh, knows. No, 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 no. No, no. no, no. Nokia cell phones are even now, uh, even amongst the kids, notoriously indestructible and totally reliable. Like, there have been reports of Nokia cell phones found, like buried in foundations of buildings that get dug up 
they get turned back on and you can still make calls. So like these are ridiculous. Yeah, they're wow. they're like they're like cockroach cell phones. Anyway, <laughs> our two units, super common, very reliable. Uh our three units are of course the upgrade and they have faster processors and they're smarter. And we have an RT unit and an R3 unit in this episode. Mm-hmm. So that's astromech droids. Ta-da. Yeah, we know they go all the way up to R5 because uh, in uh, Revenge of the Sith, Obi-Wan's unit is an R5 unit. We uh, R5 units have been a part of canon since the early 80s because mm-hmm. R5-D4 is a character in the uh, Christmas in the Stars, Star Wars Christmas musical oh, album. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I'd like to conclude the show now. Uh, you can listen to us. On- <laughs> you can't quit. You quit last episode. You only, you'd only only get so many chances to quit. Okay? You came back. I'm not going to believe you when you quit. Sorry. So, I just can't with that. I can't with the Christmas holiday special. Your threats are fucking empty. I don't believe you. Okay. So um, basically, like, that's, that's it. R2 is missing and we got to find R2. Not just because of the enormous intelligence leak that R2 would be if the Separatists got their hands on him, but also because Anakin Skywalker needs his whoopee droid back. Or he's going to fall the fuck apart. And that's totally normal. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely acceptable, normal behavior for an adult man with phenomenal yeah. cosmic powers. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally fine. Thanks, everyone, for keep uh, yeah. not doing anything about it. Anyway, fucking yeah. ridiculous. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, so they do. They go back out and they try and look for R two, and they discover that there is a scavenger ship out there. Um, it is called Vulture something. I don't know. Um, and it is piloted by a brand new character. A, a Trendoshan by the name of Ga Noct. He is a scavenger slash smuggler slash arms dealer. And do you know who was the voice of Ga Noct? No, I was gonna. I was gonna let you tell me. <laughs> Ron fucking Perlman. You'll be sorry you ever came aboard my ship, Jedi. I'm about to make your life miserable. You're fucking serious, Ron. My actual husband in my imagination, Perlman. I. Love Ron Perlman. Love him excessively. The, the fucking legend, Ron Perlman. I love him. Yes. I love everything he's in. Um, I have seen really horrible movies yeah, for him. Yeah. Blade 2. Blade 2. Well, like my daddy said right before he killed my mom, want anything done right, you gotta do it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I bet we went the same movie. Blade 2. <laughs> He elevates the content of anything he is in, and he is definitely something that a part of the glue that barely holds the viewing experience of these episodes together for me personally. Mm-hmm. Now, about Gonnacht as the character, he is a Trandoshan. The only other Trandoshan that we've seen in Star Wars was back in the OG trilogy. That was Bosk. He was a bounty hunter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was just sort of like, you know, tall and fit and intimidating. Um, Gonnacht, not so much. Uh, not in shape. Uh, no. sits around on the ship a lot, probably, you know. <laughs> he is a little more rotund than mm-hmm. the one other Trandoshan we've ever seen. He's got these long arms. He's kind of got a, a Forrest Whitaker eye thing going on. And, um, yeah, the point, this was, he was deliberately designed this way. Dave Filoni, uh, was making the point that not every member of a species looks exactly alike. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, for example, 
in real life, I am technically the same species as the splendiferous Tilda Swinton, but if you stood us next to each other, you wouldn't know that. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's the... <laughs> Fairest comparison to make, Heather. Um, it's not compare. It's not fair to compare anybody to Tilda Swinton. Well, because she's not. She doesn't look human. She looks like an elf. Whoa, whoa! Is your phone talking to you now? Uh, oh shit! <laughs> Siri just flipped the fuck out on me. Here, I'm taking my shit off. <laughs> Siri agrees too. Siri also says that I do not. There's no. Huh, I am not Tilda Swinton. Do you remember that one scene in The West Wing where uh, Kristen Chenoweth's character is walking next to C.J. Craig and you can barely keep them both in the same frame because C.J. Craig's like 10 feet taller than her? I know. Strategic lottery. What are you, like 4'10"? Me? I'm 4'11". I can't believe we're the same species. So there's your update. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, C.J. Craig. Oh, C.J. She's, she's the jackal. Anyway... <laughs> I'm just saying, two members of the same species do not have to look exactly alike. And that is why Ganacht is apparently also um, just just farting into his upholstery in this ship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just just filling the entire space with his own special musk, which is scented by Anakin and uh, Ahsoka when they board wearing their standard issue Jedi disguise ponchos. Did you see that shit? <laughs> Why did you have to say ponchos? Um, yeah, well, it's the same thing that fucking Qui-Gon wore when he got off the ship on Tatooine. It's that's that's their thing. Like if they think they put on the the, the poncho, it they're completely disguised. You know, like no one's gonna ever yeah. recognize them ever, and that's complete bullshit. You never got to. You never watched uh, what we do in the shadows, right? I watched some of it, and it was delightful, but then, like, life happened, and it derailed yeah. me. So, continue. Yeah, so, there's an episode, it's actually the episode where Mark Hamill uh, is in it, and it's my favorite <gasps> my favorite episode. I didn't even it, know that happened! Go on, tell me more! It is the most epic fucking episode ever. Mark Hamill is perfect, and uh, there is a perfect. character who has to go on the run for some reason, uh, and his disguise is putting a toothpick in his mouth. <laughs> That's it. I suppose I can trust you. After all, you're clearly just a regular human bartender. Hmm. The jeans, the toothpick, the salt of the earth. That's all I am. So when he takes out the toothpick, people are like, oh, it's you. And you're like, what? <laughs> this is, it's like, it's like glasses on, uh, what's his fucking name? God Clark damn. Kent. Clark Kent. Thank you. Wow. I blanked on Clark Kent. Ugh, what's wrong with me? Well, I mean, if you if you were trying to forget the last couple movies, then that's understandable. There you go. Snap, snap, snap. Snap, snap, snap. So anyway, uh, <laughs> oh, also, when uh, Anakin and Ahsoka board Ganok's ship, they encounter the gatekeeper droid. Yes. The, the TT-8L gatekeeper droid, a.k.a. the Tattletail droid. <laughs> and I, I have some information about the <laughs> Tattletail droid, which I will now share with you, whether you want it or not. Uh, it is. I, like I want a, one. I want it. <laughs> Give it to they're me. They're so they're so bitchy. I love them. <laughs> um, it's basically an eye stalk on a leg, mm-hmm. and it sticks its eye stalk out through the peephole on a door. And this one speaks Hades, just like the one on Jabba's palace in the OG trilogy. Um, 
TT-8Ls are made by ServoDroid Incorporated. Hmm. They're installed at doors to screen guests, to scan for weapons, to generally harass visitors and make them feel inferior. So, good job. <laughs> I want one. <laughs> I want one so bad. You are one. I know. <laughs> I don't speak Hades. Uh I need to learn. You absolutely speak hoodies i remember very clearly once upon a time you were running a d20 star wars game and we had to talk to a hut and you fucking whipped out that hoodies on us and it was glorious i wasn't getting a very uh, i wasn't getting laid a whole lot back then y'all so <laughs> just... wait are you telling me that like orgasms erase the ability to speak hoodies uh, yeah uh, orgasms erase uh the need to remember uh Nerd shit, you know. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're not you're, you're not gonna you're not gonna go to date with somebody and be like, "Hey, I know how to speak Hades or Klingon or whatever sci-fi fantasy language," and the other person going, "Ooh, I want you," even if they're uh, a nerd, even if they're a nerd too. It's like <laughs> it's just not like that's a bridge too far, baby. <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe we need to purge that from your memory through your genitalia. Exactly. Yeah. Unless you're into unless you're into sex role play, like you want to dress up like a, like a I was gonna say a hut. <laughs> <laughs> I could cosplay a hut. That's, that oh, that hut, that hut pinup, she looked magnificent. Don't even lie. <laughs> she looked amazing. Anyway, anyway, getting back on track. Um, they the Jedi search the ship. They don't find R two. R two is definitely there. Yeah. Um, because they just didn't really look beyond the the cargo compartment. Like, they didn't continue looking. They didn't turn that ship upside down trying to find him. Even though we know, you and I know, that Anakin Skywalker is goddamn obsessive and aggressive enough to have completely searched every single cubbyhole on that entire ship trying to find his friend. Well, I don't understand why they didn't just seize the ship. And we're like, we expect, you know, we, we suspect that you're working with somebody awful yeah, or you're just generally like, awful. Like, look over there at at my three Venator class ships and tell me that you don't, you're not my bitch now. Yeah. You're my bitch now, and I'm going to get this entire ship full of clones who obey me, and they're going to find my droid. And yep. uh, you are going to compensate us for this inconvenience by giving us all your cargo. Like, I guess maybe piracy didn't occur to them. I don't fucking know. Um, but yeah, there's a lot more logical ways to have approached the situation other than get up, get in, poke around a little bit, get in a fight and leave, which is what happened. Yeah. Well, there was, a, there was, uh, uh, so, uh, Goldie, the other droid, right? R3S6, AKA Goldie. Do you know why he is gold? Cause they painted him. I don't, well, I mean, they painted him gold. I don't know why he's gold though. According to the internet. Oh, let me double check this. Cause I'm about to quote something from football and I don't fucking know. Oh man. Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, okay. Apparently, Dave Filoni is a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Their colors are gold and black, and that is why Goldie is gold and black. Huh. That. <sighs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Moving on. Uh. <laughs> okay. Like, the Venn diagram of football fans and Star Wars fans doesn't overlap a whole lot. My husband lives right in that little sliver. Yeah. But that's it. Yeah. Anyway, so you were saying R three, Goldie. Uh, yeah, Goldie. So you know the Goldie was the the in my opinion the precursor to how uh, destructive droids can become. Right. Uh, I'm talking about you, Chopper. 
right? I was thinking about that the whole time. Like, Goldie is totally paving the way for Chopper. Aww. Yeah, and Chopper will take it to a whole new level. But yeah, Goldie is Goldie. Even... Chopper's a war criminal. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a whole other level. <laughs> yeah, and you know the thing is, is that um, as uh, as the separatists will discover multiple times, having a plan that relies on an astrodroid invites chaos. Yes. You know? Yes. And and you need to be very certain of the loyalty and competence of your astromech droid because you need them for everything. Yep. Everything. And R3 uses that reliance on him to fuck them up. But that happens in the next episode. For right now, he's just an incompetent ass and is, is fucking with everything they've got. Yeah. Just like, uh, he just seems like an idiot. But yeah, my favorite part was when uh, Goldie accidentally, in quotes, uh, activates the IG-86 units. Oh yeah, oops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was just I'm nice sorry. to see them in action, because I, yeah. I think that was the first time that they were in action ever in Star Wars that I, I can remember. Mm-hmm. It's long before The Mandalorian, mind you, kids. So. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, we've seen IG series in action before. The Magna Guards are IG. Oh, right. But, but they're but not, not like... the assassin droids. Yeah, yeah. They first show up in Empire. Uh, one shows up in Empire Strikes Back. If you were a super mm-hmm. nerd in the late '90s, you probably played the Shadows of the Empire video game, where an IG unit was a boss. Uh, nice. So yeah, it was cool to see them on Clone Wars and do their there thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so wrapping up Downfall of a Droid, uh, I did have a favorite line, a favorite moment. That was a literal, a literal LOL, if you would. <laughs> um. It was when uh, the fleet is being attacked and being shot up the ass by a bunch of ATTEs on rocks, and Grievous is just ah, impossible, and he storms off the bridge. Yeah, of course, right? <laughs> and there's a B one battle droid sitting there. Is like, uh, General, well, I guess I'm in charge now. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you are, because the captain just left the bridge. So, good luck. Again, again, battle droids are my favorite. I love them so much. They're so stupid. I love it. They're so dumb, and they're so precious. Uh, You've won me over. I used to not even really think about B1 battle droids for much of anything, but no, because of you, I now delight in everything they do. So, fuck you for that. (laughs) Um, Roger, roger. (laughs) All right, do we have anything else from Downfall of a Droid? Uh, no. Uh, and as much as we're shitty on it, y'all, you know, you can still watch it. It's it's only 20 it's minutes long. It's still fun. Yeah, yeah, it's still fun. Just not great. Yeah. Just not awesome. I still enjoyed it. I liked yeah. that there was a plot that centered on one of my favorite characters in Star Wars, R2-D2. Um, but it it was rough. It was it was rough. Rough is a good word. Rough is a good word. Yeah. But like not in a not in a fun sexy way. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, are we ready to move on to Duel of the Droids, Episode 7? Yes, I am so ready. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Whew. The Jedi fortune cookie at the top of the episode is, you hold on to your friends by keeping your heart a little softer than your head. Aww. What? <laughs> I... <laughs> huh? I don't understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so I'll do the I'll do the intro in the regular way, even though just like in the last episode, the na- the narrator sounded very bored. <laughs> he really did. No, that was even noticeable, like uh, on our end. <laughs> Lucas was like, "Wow, is he asleep? What? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on with him?" But go ahead. So, right. announcer bit. Go go go. <clears throat> Missing in action. Anakin Skywalker's heroic droid navigator R two D two was lost in battle. When a desperate search fails to locate R2, Anakin is forced to take on a new navigator, R3-S6. Now the Jedi embark on a dangerous new mission to find a secret enemy listening post. Meanwhile, R2-D2 has fallen into the hands of a vile droid smuggler and is on his way to General Grievous, who will surely plunder the Republic's secrets hidden within. So, let's thing real quick he yeah. r2d2 is in fact heroic he's a goddamn war hero and he's a scion i mean he he he's done even by this point he's done a lot of stuff and he yeah, was witness like, to a lot of stuff r2 has seen some shit he has made some shit happen and in this episode he's the one who finds grievous's listening post out on this moon Right. Uh, what is the moon called? I wrote it down, but I can't find it in my notes. It doesn't matter. Um, uh, he's the Rus- one who finds Rusan? it. Rusan? Sure. Yeah. Okay. R-U-U-S-A-N moon. <laughs> okay. We'll go with Rusan. Um, he's the one who finds a listening post. He calls back. He's the one who leads them to it. Like, if we could put some respect on R2's name, that would be great. But unfortunately, the writer in this episode continued what was going on in the first one. And let me talk to you about him. Uh-oh. Kevin Campbell is the writer for this episode. He's the only writer credited. This is the only Clone Wars episode he ever wrote. So, you know. And I'm glad. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's not the only thing he's written ever. Mm-hmm. He actually writes a lot for Disney. Like, a lot, a lot. Um, but it, never solo. Like, he's always on a team of writers. He wrote for Aladdin the movie. He wrote for Lilo and Stitch. He wrote for Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, for Jake and the Neverland Pirates, like all this shit for Disney, like the House of Mouse. He writes for Disney. Okay. And he also wrote for another show, which is not Disney, called Super Robot Monkey Team Hyperforce Go. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Which, Which I decided to mention because I like to say Super Robot Monkey Team Hyperforce Go. Uh, I learned something new today. <laughs> Besides that, that, that stuff, I, I just looked this dude up. There was a, a Ace Ventura pet detective TV show. What? No. Uh-uh. Yeah. Disavow. Uh-uh. Disbelieve. Uh-huh. I'm going to roll the disbelieve right now. a television series based on the film with the same name. Ew. It was on Nickelodeon from 1999 to 2000. That was a very weird uh, period for Nickelodeon. I remember. Yeah, it was yeah. a strange time. Yeah, Invader Zim. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's, it's the thing is this Kevin Campbell guy. Like he's got the chops, right? He's yeah. been writing stuff for a long time before he ever got his hands on Clone Wars. He wrote this one episode, and they never hired him again. Yeah. So, just saying, I feel like it is implied that the Clone Wars production team agrees with me in my opinion of Kevin Campbell's writing of this episode. Which is a very firm. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I feel about it. (laughs) 
I'm a grown-up. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, what what are your thoughts on Duel of the Droids? What, what would you like to talk about? <laughs> Get it together, Christopher. <laughs> oh, my God. The vapors. Okay. Um, so, I, there was a... There's a so did you see the Disney Plus version of this episode or the because you you look you watch these scenes through a different platform, right? No, we have um, we did not watch the Disney Plus version. From what I understand, there are editing differences between the Disney Plus version and the version that we have. We have the original aired version. Got it. Yeah. So uh, so this wasn't in the version I watched. So I was I was doing research on this episode, and apparently this happens like at the very beginning. Uh, but there's a scene where. Ahsoka says to Anakin, I hope you find R2 in one piece, to which Anakin replies, get going, Snips. After which Ahsoka says to Rex and the rest of the clone troopers, Look, mm-hmm. lo- looks like it's up to us to complete the mission as usual. Yes. That was not in my version. Oh, really? No. Did it just, oh, right, because it cuts directly from, I hope you find R2 in one piece, to R2 in pieces. Right. Yeah. No, they it clearly... Uh, for the in the version I watch, it is obvious that Anakin has a tendency to like set Rex and Ahsoka off to actually do the mission and fuck off and go do his own thing. Yeah. So that's a red flag. <laughs> <laughs> Every minute in this episode is just one big fucking red flag. It at this is. Point. There's yeah. a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot, a lot of lot. shit. It's a lot. Um, so Anakin, yeah, he is hyper focused on rescuing R2. They did get a call from R2 saying, you know, beep boop, I am on this station. Uh, I've been captured by General Grievous and come get me. They didn't get the whole message though, because R3 was supposed to be enhancing the signal, air quotes that you can't see because this is an audio medium, enhancing the signal to understand the message better. And he garbled it. Yeah. Because oopsie. R3 is just so silly. (laughs) Um, But they were able to backtrace the the signal and find the listening outpost and go to rescue R2. Uh, And Anakin is so hyper-focused on just finding R2 um, that he leaves Ahsoka and Rex and four other troopers the job of blowing up the listening outpost with Grievous on it. Right. So that's nice. Um uh i do have some i have some favorite lines and moments from this okay. episode do you uh everything with grievous in it makes me laugh <laughs> uh so there's a new, there's a new counter uh and it happened this happens twice in this episode uh the mm-hmm. general grievous punching a droid in the head and knocking uh, and knocking the head off the counter <laughs> yeah he did that like three times in the malevolence arc and he does it here and it's just all grievous you stop yeah. Yeah, I love him. He's so great. <laughs> um, he, he His line, one of his lines is actually one of my favorites from this episode. Um, when Ganacht brings R2 on board, and R2's like, oh shit, that's General Grievous. Um, and they banter for a second, and R2 clearly beeps a solid fuck you at him. And Grievous pats him on his dome and goes, Defiant! No need for fear! We're all droids here! <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> That's some creepy shit right there, sir. I love that there was a scene, like, r- directly after that moment, um, Ganakt is, like, hacking into R2, and it's revealed that R2 has all this information. like All, all the intel, yeah. And Ganakt's like, This droid is worth more, I get paid more. Now I suggest... <laughs> <laughs> just murders him. 
I hope you like your bonus. So meanwhile, m- one of my favorite moments in the episode happens. They, um, so Anakin and Rex and a half a dozen troopers and Ahsoka and R3, uh, are in the twilight and they need to basically dr- airdrop themselves down onto this listening station. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Rex is grumbling about it and Ahsoka's like, haha, you have to carry R3. We're bringing the droid. We'll need Goldie to open secured hatches and access the station's computer for us. Oh, and Rex, you get to carry him. That's just great. And R3 looks at Rex, realizes that Rex is going to be carrying him and does a little happy dance. And I'm like, (laughs) same. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'll go skydiving if it means I'm strapped to Captain Rex. Let's do this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The things we do for love. (laughs) And let's uh, review... Our, our series droids are easily 70 pounds. Rex is correct to be not super thrilled about jumping out of a perfectly good ship with 70 extra pounds strapped to his chest. And, uh, you, and just to be clear, you've never gone skydiving before, right? No, God, no. Why would I ever do that? Oh, no, I would need to be strapped to Rex to make that happen. I need to be strapped to something. Um, yeah, well... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I I haven't either. However, um, there was uh, there were a group of friends of mine that did, and some of them had you know had to carry stuff for whatever reason. They had to carry stuff, and mm-hmm. the uh, the amount of chaos that's introduced when you have this like extra weight on you while mm-hmm. you're you know flying downwards to your death uh, is incredible. <laughs> and yeah, I can't imagine having to carry an R unit. Yeah. Especially one that has already proven itself to be stupid and borderline useless. Yep. (laughs) Rex is not thrilled at all, and he is correct to not be. So, but then they get on board the the listening outpost, and that is when we have revealed the dastardly plot, the convoluted fucking plan of this episode. (laughs) Grievous's plan. Grievous, who does not have the force, and yet managed to devise this magical plan in which he gets his entire fleet blown up, but somehow, in the process, an R2 unit is is lost and adrift in space, and he knows about this somehow, so he sends Ganacht to retrieve the lost R2 unit. Then, somehow, Grievous arranges for R3-S6 to be on board Anakin Skywalker's Republic flagship, the Resolute, and in the rotation to be assigned to Anakin as soon as his R2 unit disappears. Yeah, sure. Somehow. Sounds plausible. Somehow. Somehow, some way. Some way. (laughs) This is Grievous's plan, and Grievous is really smug about it. And I'm like, you do not get to be this smug when the only reason your plan works is because the writer wants it to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, no, 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 no. No. <laughs> Reality bent around your situation, sir. You didn't do this. Yeah, the, the the story on this episode is so strange. I actually dug a little bit deeper, I guess. Um, there used to be a thing called Decoded, Clone Wars Decoded, and they would okay. do like a minute and a half of like background, uh, background story. And, yeah. Uh, and for this episode, it was revealed that Ganak was a level five droid programmer, and oh. he Oh. He colla- and he collaborated with Grievous's agents to steal R three, reprogram him, 
and send him back to uh, wherever, you know, R3 was found. Huh. You know, so there. <laughs> R3 was found amongst the droids aboard the Republic flagship of a Jedi, uh, Jedi Knight. Yeah. So... Good job. Like, yeah. apparently, uh, Grievous's network of smugglers and spies are fucking top notch. Cause I feel like that's, that's a high difficulty maneuver. Yeah. Well, I, we know that Grievous kills Jedi. I mean, he can. You know, they're not all Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin, you know? Right. I mean, he, Ahsoka does not do so well against him. Well, yeah. Ahsoka does try to go toe to toe with Grievous, and that does not work out well for her. Mm-mm. Nope. At all. She barely survives. And only because he was toying with her. If he yeah. wanted to, he could have killed her. No, well, he should have killed her. I mean, damn it, He probably us. should have. Yeah. However, he has a flaw as well. He has some serious hubris. Um, <laughs> and this is like, fucking Anakin left his Padawan alone on, a, on an outpost that has General Grievous on board. And is somehow surprised that his Padawan decided to fling herself at Grievous and, and pick that fight. Because the clones were dying and she had to jump in and, and take on that fight because otherwise all of the clones, including Rex, would be dead. Yep. Like, she had to get in there and lure Grievous away so that the clones could finish the mission of planting the explosives. But the only reason she escaped at all is because Grievous took the time to grab her by the throat and shake her a little before he killed her. Mm-hmm. Well, he has to monologue. Like, well, yeah, he's a villain. Yeah. He had a monologue. Yeah. And, and, run away. Love so it. that's nice. <laughs> anyway, they totally almost got away with R2. And that, which would have changed the Clone Wars forever. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god, yes. That would have been disastrous for the Republic, for that one R2 unit to get taken away. But all right. Um, so, boop a doop a doo. They've got their. What, what, what the fuck else happens in this episode? So, because the episode was called. Uh, Duel of the Droids. I yes. was going to assume that there would be some major epic clash between R two and R three, right? And, and there was a clash at the end, but I was uh-huh. underwhelmed. I was very underwhelmed by it. I mean, the initial confrontation between them was like literally two seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, R three rolls up on R two, and R two shocks him, mm-hmm. turns him off, and rolls away. Yeah. R three boots back up, and the fight is back on. But it really is not even a contest. Because R2-D2 is fucking ruthless. Yeah. Yeah, R2 is really fucking mean. <laughs> yeah. Because R3 is about to fall off of this little catwalk that they're on, and he gets, like, the little magnet grapple mm-hmm. onto R2. In the in the classic villain, you know, if you let me fall, you fall too situation. And R2's like, I'm going to set you on fire. And look, I have a little buzzsaw attachment. And just, bzzz, you fall. Like, just fucking ruthless. Yeah, my cousin told me a story about in the legend books where R2 actually was cutting off somebody's limbs to torture them, to get information <laughs> out of them and shit like that. So hearing uh, hearing stories like that, when I, I remember watching Revenge of the Sith and there's that scene mm-hmm. where the two battle droids are trying to deal with R2 and R2 basically sets them on fire. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody was like, oh, like, fuck, R2 is mean. And I'm like, yeah, no, he's very mean. <laughs> yeah. And again, astromech droids, man. They are agents of chaos. They hold the galaxy together. Do not fuck with an astromech droid. This right here is the prelude to the shit that we see with Chopper later on. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you ever want to be anything in the Star Wars universe but an astromech droid? 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because wow, like why why don't we have a Darth R two? Like what? Oh, I know. <laughs> is it because because they're droids and they can't use the Force? Is that what it is? It's, See, it's an exclusive club. I would be a Sith Lord. Mm-hmm. However, I wouldn't be an ambitious one. Like I wouldn't be a very good one. I'd be more like Jabba the Hutt. You know, I, I would have a, I would have a really, I would have a palace that was once used by a bunch of really creepy people that put their brains in jars, and then yeah, 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 like, and then I would just invite a lot of hot people to come over and hang out. Well, with you me better not and, have sex with anyone, any of them, because you're not going to remember how to speak your own language, right? If you're going to be a hut in this situ- situation. Oh well, I'm not. I don't need to speak Huttese. Oh, you know? okay. I just need to speak the language of love. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Java's fluent. <laughs> oh god oh. <laughs> so anyway long clumsily told story short with this episode they get r2 back they blow up the listening outpost grievous gets away and somehow is not murdered by dooku the second they see each other again again like we're in season one and grievous has fucked up once twice three times I don't know. I'm not sure how Dooku doesn't just destroy him. Yeah, see, Vader would have killed him within like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing about this scene, there was like a delicate dance they had to do with having Grievous and Anakin in the same place at the same time. Because there is a line in Revenge of the Sith, the movie that already came out by the time this episode was being made, where Anakin says, Grievous, you're taller than I thought you'd be, or some shit like that, indicating Mm -hmm. that they've never met face to face before. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of like, fucking Benny Hill level antics trying to keep these two from seeing each other, even though they are on the same ship dealing with the same person in Ahsoka at the same time. Like, Grievous gets on an elevator, doors closed, elevator next to it, doors open, there's Anakin. Like, shit like that. Like, they, they really have to work it to make sure these two don't see each other. Uh, yeah, I mean, and they have to do that throughout the whole series, right? There's going to be yeah. more of that. Yeah, we have six more seasons to go. <laughs> I know. What a horrible corner to put yourself in, like, right off the bat. Like, we need to make sure, no matter what, Anakin and Grievous can never meet. Because right. that one that one stupid line George Lucas kept in Revenge of the Sith. And, and like, not exactly a super stellar line, but okay. We will get to that when we watch that movie, which will be much later. Um, do you have anything else, any other points about Duel of the Droids? No, I mean, I, we've been harping on this, but I generally have been underwhelmed. I was just underwhelmed by these two seasons, these two episodes. Right. So, yeah. Right. I mean, there's just, like, the writing is just like, fucking what? Like, there's a moment where Anakin gets R2, and he's like, hey, buddy, I'm so glad I found you. And he gets on comms, and he's like, Ahsoka, or Rex, or R3, anybody, I found R2, and we're good to go. Nobody answers him, and he's just like, doop a doop a doop and walks down the hall. It doesn't occur to him that they're not answering because they're dead, or anything like that. He's just like, he just doesn't react to that. And we get to the end of the episode, and nobody's like, okay, you got R2 back, that's awesome, erase his memory. Yeah. Erase his memory right fucking now. Yeah. Like, that doesn't happen either. No, so, because, you know, attachment again. Well, and, and nobody calls for it. And, like, I uh, we'll see as these episodes proceed, but I bet we're not going to see anybody going, hey, so did you ever erase R2's memory from that one major security leak we almost had? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah I, I could be wrong, but I, I do not remember a time where that comes up again, ever. I honestly kind of feel like the rest of the series tries to pretend these episodes didn't happen. Hmm. You know? 
like narratively. We'll watch as it plays out, but I, I, I don't really even recall these being referenced again. I could be wrong, but yeah. Wow. Yeah, you're right. I, I, I really mm-hmm. don't. I mean, we've talked about it. We've talked about, well, R2 remembers and R2 is there for Anakin becoming yeah. Vader and all this other shit happening. Like, why, like, why hasn't anyone been like, so R2, what happened 10 years ago, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. and part of that, I guess, is because R2 units only speak in binary and technically only other droids can understand it. Although we will encounter people that understand binary just fine. Looking at you, Ray. <laughs> well, I would assume, I, see, I assume Ray is going to be smart enough to, to be like, so you've been around for a bit. Um, tell me everything you know about Anakin and Luke Skywalker right now. <laughs> uh yeah we'll see <laughs> there's uh ray as a character absolutely smart enough to do that will the writers let her we'll find out yeah 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 because again i i i really feel like characters need to be forgiven for what they do while bad writers have the reins and that's what's going on with these episodes like they're still good i still enjoyed parts of them a lot it's just not up to the same quality level as far as production value or writing as the rest of the series. So I'm looking forward to moving on. I'm even looking forward to the next episode we're going to watch because of these. Oh, are you? God help me. Yeah, I'm so fucking excited. (laughs) I already watched the episode twice yesterday. Of course you fucking did. Okay. Okay. So, so we're done talking about these episodes, these droid episodes. We can put them to bed and never speak of them again. Never speak of them again. Okay, uh, so <laughs> next time. Okay, the next episodes up are episodes 8, 9, and 10. They are unconnected as far as they're, they're like not part of an arc. Um, so we need to figure out how we want to divvy this. So let me see. Episode 8 is... Say it out loud for me, please. Bombad Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Bombad Jedi. Yeah, bom- what does that mean? Bombad Jedi. Yeah. It's a little, a little, a little focused. Yeah. On, on Jar Jar. And, uh. That's right. But the episode, the episode right after that is Cloak of Darkness, which has Master Luminara and Ventress and a bunch of shit. And then the episode right after, right after that is Lair of Grievous, where we get Kit Fisto and a lot of exploring into Grievous's backstory and some exploration of how the dark side can be sort of poked and prodded into people. So, um, I don't know that these episodes need to all happen in one podcast episode, even no, though know, they're I, not an I, arc. I have a feeling we're going to spend a full hour on Bombad Jedi. <laughs> so. I think each of these episodes kind of deserve their own episode, their own podcast episode. Yeah, I agree. Because there's a lot to unpack in all of them, even. And I, like I said, I don't, I, uh, I do not like Jar Jar. I don't. I don't. I'm sorry. I know that's such a basic bitch thing to dislike about Star Wars, is to not like Jar Jar. I have nothing against Ahmed Best, and I have nothing against whatever voice actor they managed to convince to play this character in the show. I just don't like the character. And we'll see. We'll see if on this rewatch, and after having watched these droid episodes, I, I like him more. Well, Misa, moi, moi, <laughs> very excited about seeing this next episode. <laughs> you trying to test our friendship right now? <laughs> oh, you're gonna. That's hate what you. this is. <laughs> uh, if, if y'all wanna, if y'all wanna hear uh, Stephanie and I have a legit fight 
will be the next episode. Um, Tune in next time where we talk about season one, episode eight, Bombad Jedi. And only Bombad Jedi. Bombad Jedi all the time. Good. In fairness, Lord. we're also going to have uh, Padme being a badass. It's true. It is a good Padme episode. Yeah. And uh, 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 Gunray is in it too. Good times. Yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot there's a lot going on. It's yeah. going to be absolutely worth our time. I'm just going to have to have to endure it. And you know, it'll be it'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be better than what we just went through. Correct. So, um, do we have anything else for this episode? No, we're good. No, we're good. Awesome. Okay. Uh, so then, hey, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, super appreciate your time and attention. Um, because we thrive on attention. Um, if you would like to interact with us, please, we're very lonely and bored in quarantine. Uh, you can contact us on the social medias on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and Facebook as at Darkside Divas. Although point of order, I just realized on Facebook, we're actually at the Darkside Divas because at Darkside Divas is taken by some other bitch so there's that wow yeah hate, hate, hatefulness hatefulness <laughs> it's my lifeblood don't yeah. judge me hey where, where can people find our podcast <laughs> uh you can listen to our podcast on itunes google play spotify any other of your favorite uh podcast platforms please subscribe to us please leave a review and yes. uh hopefully you'll like us and it'll be a good review but nonetheless please subscribe and listen to our show <laughs> please 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 please, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> we're not we're not begging we're not desperate we're better than this heather pull it together i am not <laughs> i am not better than that <laughs> False. i am not above this all right i think we're done here